0: Since at the end of the week, it's Gimel Tammuz, which is the yard site of the last Lubavitcher Rebbe, I figured I'll tell a couple of stories about the Lubavitcher Rebbe. So, this is a story that was told by the Hasid who had happened to. It was the spring of 1989. And the Hasidim in Crown Heights, and not just in Crown Heights, everywhere where Lubavitcher Hasidim are, they go around and do Mifzaim, which means that they go out and reach out to fellow Jews out on the street, go into people's offices. And I was very blessed that a special chassid came to my father's office when I was a teenager and put tefillin on me. And as a result of that, it started my journey coming back to halachic Judaism. So there was a chassid who would go every Wednesday to Manhattan, stand on the streets, put tefillin on people. And then there were a bunch of offices in the area where the mitzvah tank would park, where this chassid would go around. hand out candles and tried to get Jewish businessmen to put on tefillin. And on a Tuesday night, he had a dream. The Rebbe turned to him and he said to him in Yiddish, to have greater success in spreading Hasidic teachings, you have to wear a tie. Now, this was a strange dream for anyone. And the Hasid thought to himself, well, it's just a dream. He woke up, it was four in the morning. And he tried to fall back asleep, but he couldn't. And eventually, when the sun rose, he made his way over to 770, Lubavitch, world headquarters, for Shachris, for the morning prayers. And he couldn't stop thinking about the strange dream that he had with the Rebbe coming to him and saying, in order to have greater success, you have to wear a tie. So he puts on his and he's getting ready to daven the morning prayers, and he sees the Rebbe enters the shul. And on the way to his regular place, the Rebbe stopped for a minute and looked around at all the Hasidim. And he finds this particular young chassid. And the Rebbe looked him in the eye. He took his right hand and straightened his tie. And the chassid is looking at the Rebbe who's looking at him. The Rebbe straightening his tie, he thinks to himself, no, it couldn't be. But then a few minutes later, the Rebbe had gone up on the bima to his regular place. And he turned around towards the congregation. And it was clear that the Rebbe was looking for something. And when the Rebbe's eyes reached this chassid, he again straightened his tie. And then he went back and began davening. The Chazan started the prayers, and after the morning prayers were over, the congregation started to sing, and the Rebbe encouraged the singing more and more, <laughs> and he looks around again at the congregation, and for the third time he finds this chasid, and again he straightens his tie. So the chasid is thinking to himself, was the Rebbe really looking at me? Was the dream real? But he put it out of his mind. He went outside and got in the mitzvah tank with the Rebbe that was taking him into Manhattan, and on the way, he tells the rabbi about this unusual dream. But he didn't mention anything about the rebbe looking at him during Shachris and adjusting his tie. And the rabbi said, eh, it's just a dream. And when they reached Manhattan, they jumped out of the mitzvah tank and immediately started asking people on the street, are you Jewish? Would you like to put on tefillin? Good
1: afternoon, sir. Are you Jewish? Can I be Jewish, by any chance? Excuse me, sir. Are you Jewish?
0: And after putting tefillin on a couple of people, a middle-aged man comes over to the chassid. And the chassid says to him, are you Jewish? And he says, what difference does it make if I'm Jewish or not? I've got something to sell you. And he opens up an attaché case. And inside is a huge selection of ties. And he holds up one of the ties, a nice red tie, silk tie. And he says to the chassid, a Jew must look nice. And in order to look nice, you have to wear a tie. The chassid, he said, look, I'm not interested. I've got work to do here. I'm not interested in buying a tie. But this guy was going to make a sale. And he said, no, look at what I have. Maybe you have something that you like. So the chassid found a black tie that he liked. He figured the Rebbe wears a black tie. He'll wear a black tie. And he asked, how much does it cost? And the guy tells him $100. So the chassid almost chokes, laughing. He says, $100? I don't have $100. dollars you willing to sell it to me for less? And the guy says, well, how much money do you have? Now, this chassid literally had $2 in his pocket, and that was in order to pay for the subway ride back to Crown Heights. So he shows him the $2, and he says, this is all I have. If you want to sell it to me, I'll buy it. The guy takes the $2, he said. Deal. He says, a Jew has to look nice, and in order to look nice, you have to wear a tie. So the chassid said to him, listen, I don't know how to tie a tie. Can you help me out? He says, sure, and he ties the tie for him and straightens it up, closes up his attache case, and goes on his merry way. And the chassid went back to his work asking people who are Jewish, putting tefillin on people. And he was so preoccupied with what he was doing, he didn't even make a connection between the dream he had just had that night and the rebbe looking at him and adjusting his tie three times in the morning, and even the salesman's stubbornness in selling a tie. And after a few more hours with the mitzvah tank, the chassid started his regular visits to the nearby office buildings. And there was one office that belonged to a young, successful Israeli businessman. And each week, this chassid would come to the business and ask the secretary if he could see the Israeli businessman. And she would ask her boss, and he would say, he's not interested. So every time, the chassid would leave some brochures on Judaism and move on to the next office. But on that particular Wednesday, to the chassid's great surprise, when he came into the office and said to the secretary, can your boss see me? Her boss said, come into his office. And after all the times he'd come by this office, he was never allowed in. But now, not only did the businessman allow the chassid in, when he came in, he asked him to sit down. And he said, tell me, what can I do for you? And the chassid said, you know, I'm a chassid of the Lubavitcher Rebbe, and I'm putting tefillin on Jewish businessmen. Would you like to put on tefillin? And at first he said, Ah, oh, you know, I don't know how to put on tefillin. The chassid said, no problem. I'm here to help you. Just roll up your sleeve and put out your arm, and I'll take care of the rest. And so he did, and the chassid put the tefillin on his arm and on his head. He gave him a laminated card that had the Shema. Of course, being Israeli, he had no problem reading the Hebrew. And as he's reciting the Shema, he starts to cry. And tears are rolling down his cheeks. And when he finished, he asked the Chassid, You know, I've seen you for many months coming to my office every Wednesday. You see, I have a camera on the front of the office, and I can see you on my display here. And today you came in looking so sharp, with a tie, looking really respectful. Tell me, what happened? Ah, suddenly everything was making sense to the chassid, and he smiled. But before he got a chance to say anything, the Israeli businessman said, I want to share with you a story, something that happened to me just last night, and what made me bring you into this office, and agree to put on tefillin. The Israeli businessman said that his father had passed away many years ago, and during the past year, he'd been having recurring dreams about his father. His father told him that his soul had no rest in the world to come. And that if his son wanted his father's soul to have some rest, he had to put on tefillin. Because it's a mitzvah for a father to teach his son how to put on tefillin. And his father had not done that. And since his son wasn't putting on tefillin, his father's soul couldn't get the rest it needed. And the Israeli businessman, he thought, ah, it's just a dream. But night after night, his father would come to him in the dream and say, Why aren't you putting on tefillin? Just last night... His father had come in a dream and asked him again, why aren't you putting on tefillin? But unlike the other times, this time, the Israeli businessman said, he wants to put on tefillin with the young chassid that comes to his office every Wednesday. But he's too embarrassed because the chassid doesn't look well-groomed. He doesn't look like a mensch. And he doesn't feel comfortable speaking with him when he looks like that. So the father's listening. And as the father is listening to his son in the dream, another Jew an impressive-looking rabbi, shows up and enters the conversation. And he says, if the chassid will come tomorrow wearing a tie, will you agree to put on tefillin? And the Israeli businessman in the dream says, yes, if he comes wearing a tie, I'll agree. And then the discussion was over, and the father and the rabbi disappeared, and he woke up from the dream. And he turned to the chassid, and he said, so that's why I allowed you to come in here and agreed to put on tefillin with you, because you came wearing a tie. And so the chassid was curious, and he took out of his wallet a picture of the rabbi. And he says, was this the rabbi in your dream? And the Israeli businessman nearly fainted when he looked at the picture. And all he could do was whisper, yes, this is the rabbi that was in the dream. But now it came time for the chassid to tell the Israeli businessman the chain of events that led him to buy that tie. And later he said that it was the first time he'd ever put on tefillin in his life. So the chassid said, ah, so this is like your bar mitzvah. And they wished him a mazal tov. Mazel tov. And sang and said a little Chayim there. And all the Jewish employees joined in. And then the chassid understood the reason that the rebbe came to him in the dream. And the reason that the rebbe had adjusted his tie three times in shachrit that morning. And that night, the rebbe gave a fabrengan. And afterwards, he handed out dollars to everyone there to give to charity. And when this chassid passed by the Rebbe and he was still wearing the tie that he had brought earlier that day, the Rebbe gave him a big smile. And then the Rebbe straightened his tie a little bit. And he said to the Chasid in Yiddish, Knew, no, it was worth it, wasn't it? Ay, lay, lay. I have one more story for you. This was a story that was told by Rabbi Yehuda Leib Groner, who was the Lubavitcher Rebbe's secretary for over 40 years. And the story was told to him by the person who it happened to. The story took place in 2013. There was a young Lubavitcher chassid who was invited to a wedding. It was a big wedding. There was a large crowd, lots of people there. And after the chuppah, the chassid and kala, they come in and everyone's dancing with the bride and the groom. the chassid notices that there's an elderly man sitting at a table near the dancing, and he's clapping enthusiastically, but he's not getting up to join the dancing. And so this young man feels that he needs to find out, what's the story with this guy? And he goes over to him, he says, Shalom Aleichem. The older man says, Aleichem Shalom. And the young chassid says to him, tell me, please, what's your connection to the chassid? Why are you sitting here so happy to see him dancing? And the old man says, he's the chassid's grandfather. So the young Hasid says, well, if that's the case, why are you sitting here at the table? You should be dancing with your grandson. I mean, after all, it's your grandson's wedding. Do you need some help? I can I can help you go to the dancing. The old man shook his head and he said, come sit down, I'll tell you what's going on. A week before the wedding, my grandson comes to me and he says, Zadie, you probably want to give us a wedding present. The grandfather says, yes, of course, I'm going to give you a wedding present. So the grandson says, well, my future wife and I, we'd like to suggest What present you give us? And the Zadie says, listen, I don't sign blank checks. You want me to give you a present, I'll be happy to give you a present. But you got to tell me what it is. So this grandfather had been born in the Soviet Union about 70 years before. And in that time, and in that place, there were many children that were not circumcised. Because if the Soviet authorities saw that they were circumcised, the parents would be fired from their jobs, maybe even imprisoned. And the family would suffer enormously. So although there were people that successfully had a brit milah in the Soviet Union, there were many more that didn't. And this grandfather didn't have a brit milah. He didn't have a circumcision. So the grandson says to his grandfather, we want to give you one of the seven brachot, seven blessings under the chuppah. But we want to give it to you after you've had a bris. That's the present that we want you to give us. What do you think, Zaidi?" He said, such a present I can't refuse. And so he turns to the young Hasid and he says, So two days ago, I had my bris. And as a result, I'm not physically able to get up and dance with my grandson. The young man was very moved by this. And he said he didn't know why, but he reached into his pocket and took out a dollar. And he says to the grandfather, If a person at your age is willing to have a bris milah, then you deserve a present. And the present that I'm going to give you is a dollar that I got from the Rebbe when I was a child. And he hands the grandfather the dollar bill. And the grandfather starts to cry. And he can't hold back his tears. And the young chassid, he says, Why are you crying? You should be so happy. You just got a dollar from the Rebbe. The grandfather says, I'll tell you. 23 years ago, I was standing in the line for Sunday dollars to get a dollar from the Rebbe. And finally, after hours waiting in line, I'm standing in front of the Rebbe. And the Rebbe takes a dollar and hands it out to me. But before I could take the dollar, the Rebbe pulls it back. And look at the Rebbe, like, what are you doing? You're playing games with me? And the Rebbe can see the expression on my face. So the Rebbe says to me, did you have a bris mila already? Ah, I told the Rebbe, no, you know, my parents couldn't do it because I was born in the Soviet Union, and now I'm already a middle-aged man, and I'm not in any rush to get circumcised. And then the Rebbe told him, in that case, soon after you have a bris, you will get a dollar from me. So the grandfather asked the young man. Why, from all the people at this wedding, did you feel like you had to come over to me and ask me my story? And the young man said, I don't know, I just had a feeling that I had to talk with you. And so the grandfather said, well, it was clear that the Rebbe saw that I had had the bris, and the Rebbe had to keep his word that I would get the dollar from him. And so the Rebbe also saw that you had a dollar from the Rebbe with you. And so the Rebbe had it occur in your mind that you should come over and ask me who I am and what's my story. And when you heard that I had the bris, the Rebbe had it occur in your mind that you should give me the dollar in order that the Rebbe should fulfill his promise to me that he had made 23 years ago. And my sweetest friends, I'll add another layer to this story. One of the loyal listeners of the podcast, Jason in Los Angeles, sent me a link to this story. And so clearly, the Rebbe put into Jason's mind that I should get this story so that I should put it on the podcast and tell it to you and you should listen to it and share it with others. You see, we think are Rebbe passed away, and if he's physically not in a body, then he no longer has any influence. But it says in the Zohar, when the soul of a tzaddik leaves the body, they have more influence in this world than they did when they were physically here. Since they're not limited by a physical body, their soul can reach further and affect more to help us grow in loving one another and our relationship with Hashem. So may we all be blessed, my sweetest friends, to be shluchim of the Rebbe, shluchot of the Rebbe, to be emissaries, and messengers of the Rebbe, to do the Rebbe's work of bringing Judaism to our fellow Jews from a place of joy and not judging and seeing the good in one another's and embracing the concept that one mitzvah leads to another that leads to another. May we all go from strength to strength and all things good. Bracha v'atzlacha, my sweetest friends. Thank you for listening. I want to thank one of the new supporters of this podcast, the Niederman family. I'm not sure where they're listening from, because as it happens sometimes, people don't write me back. But I just want you to know I'm very grateful for your contribution. And if you send me a message, I'll be very happy to answer you. So thank you to the Niederman family for your support. And if you would like to become a contributor to this podcast, you know what to do. My website is at HasidicStory.com. H-A-S-I-D-I-C-Story.com. Thank you for listening, and I look forward to our next story together.